that's a growler. Hello everybody, happy Monday and welcome back to the Never Ending Minute where we analyze, scrutinize, and everybody cries. The movie, The Never Ending Story. I'm Thomas Howarth. <laughs> I have a note about that. I'm Tierney Steele. <laughs> and joining us this week are the hosts from Princess Bride Minute. We've got Jonathan. Uh, John, no. John, Jonathan. I, I have some bad bad news about that, Thomas. Oh. Well, what's up? Jonathan, Jonathan is um, Jonathan's missing. Oh, rumor has it he wouldn't call my name and he has just not made it to the show. (sighs) Well, I guess we'll have to push forward and I guess. Okay, so this is Steve. Steve Lasto, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Oh, this is a wrench in the works. We'll guess we'll we'll see what happens. (laughs) Oh, no, I'm excited. I haven't had a chance to talk to Steve before. So this is very exciting, even though. I listened to every episode of the Princess Bride Minute and joined your Facebook group and did all that back and forth. And then it's like, (laughs) oh, yeah. Hi, Steve. We don't know each other. I I feel like we know each other. You're the only Tierney in my life. So I feel good. That's not surprising. (laughs) (laughs) How many times have you heard that? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's all right. It, it's still, it's still a nice idea. Today, we're going to kick off this week talking about minute 85 of the never-ending story, which starts with Bastion yelling, Atreyu, no! As Atreyu struggles in the cracking apart ivory tower, and it ends with Bastion dramatically leaning out of the window into the storm. All right, I have questions. <laughs> my my first question is are you crying because she's the empress is gonna cry and i know how you feel about that yeah it gets pretty intense but i think i can make it through what happened to atreyu i i went back and watched last minute and then i watched this minute i'm not sure why bastion is crying out in such despair about atreyu but it did occur to me that we don't see him anymore after this because he falls to his because everything is shaking his apart. Death falls to his death. Well, he's he's blown back or something, isn't he? Yeah. I didn't. I couldn't. I couldn't find minute eighty four, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's not terribly uh, clear what happens to him here. So he just kind of falls down, and for some reason that makes Bastion cry out. It's the nothing. <laughs> I also, you guys may have picked up on this last week, but uh, this whole set is just the inside of a wedding cake, right? Pretty much, Every, yeah. Everyone's looking at that and seeing what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, we 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 analyzed the uh, interior a little bit differently. <laughs> I Weddings guess we aren't probably, what came to mind. <laughs> we should, no, no, no. We should probably bring you up to speed on that. Uh, if you go ahead and look at second two. Yeah. Where we get this nice view of all the wall decorations. Yeah. Yeah. Georgia O'Keefe went crazy in here. No! Stop yes. it! Stop it! Tyranny, Tierney, look at the walls. I know, but ah. that's all this is. I mean, you've got the the little breasts hanging down, and that is clearly a picture of a woman's vagina. I'm sorry. You've watched this movie too much. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me you don't see it, Steve. Come on. <laughs> I, I, I do see it, but to be honest with you, I was really caught up in liking um, the surface of liking this little this this set, um, particularly the exterior pieces of it, mm-hmm. it reminds me a lot of um, like Olympus and Clash of the Titans. I think that's Olympus and Clash of the Titans, right? Yeah, right. 
I, I liked the construction of it a lot, so I was able to look past the, um, oh, what's the proper pun I want to use here? <laughs> I, I look, look past the, the, the overt femininity. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but you're, you're spot on. Yeah. yeah, Tierney, just to bring you up to speed a little bit, because you did miss last week, and welcome back, by the way. <sighs> I'm just um, exhausted. I just flew in. So. <laughs> <laughs> you got we to miss talked- a week of your own podcast? Wow. Yeah. We talked about how the Ivory Tower ends up representing Bastion's mother. This is where the journey's been taking him. This is what he's been missing in his life is his mother and a matronly kind of figure in his life. And that's what the tower and the print or the uh, childlike empress represents here. I left you guys alone for one week because of scheduling shenanigans. <laughs> and I come back to college-level psych analysis. <laughs> you have no idea. You've got to catch up. Oh, yeah, you missed a big You missed boy. a big week. I know. It got pretty deep, and it wasn't all just vagina jokes. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you a question, Thomas. Sure. Or Tanner, either one of you. Yeah. Have, have, have you. Have you guys read the book? Yes. Yeah. I would I would expect you to. So <laughs> I, I read I read a little I read a few reviews online of the movie and things like that, trying to get a little bit of color for what people were saying about it. And the mother thing comes up there. Is it more overt in the um in the book? Yes. Or am I just no. am I just like pretty dense on this issue? No, it's um because here the mother thing really only comes up a few times in the movie. Like we, we get it at the beginning when he's talking to his dad. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple references, you know, my mother had such a beautiful name, you know, but that's pretty much it. it. With the book, because you're returning to bashing throughout the day, he's able to say a little bit more, like it, it sneaks in a little bit more often. And also, I forget what point he's at, but he describes like being in the hospital when she's died. So like, it's a little more heart tuggy in the okay. book because you're getting more of the background. Um, and more understanding of what happened. But it's still not the main, you know. In fact, the name that he calls out at the end isn't even his mother's name. Oh, is that but, so? Yeah. But that is, that is what he's battling through in this whole book. We've discovered is that he's trying to come to terms with the fact that his mother's gone and that he's depressed because of it and trying to find a way past that. Yeah. Poor guy. It's such a happy children's movie, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I asked what happened to Atreyu. What do you think Bastion read that made him scream out in, in terror for Atreyu? Maybe that's the more appropriate question. I mean, because you said Atreyu just disappears, as far as we can tell. <laughs> I wonder if that's what he read, though. Like, yeah. and Atreyu falls down a crack and disappears forever. <laughs> yeah. Let me let me ask you guys this. So, do you think that Bastion is replacing either Atreyu or the childlike Empress? As the principal architect of Fantasia? No. He... The dreamer that dreams Fantasia, if you will, by yeah. Prince Walker. He will put it back together, but she is has always been and will always be the um, center of Fantasia. Is that because that's the way everybody always dreams it? Uh, possibly, Ooh. or she's just the organization behind all of it. Like, she's the central thing that everything has to come up she in fact but she's, we even, but she's not he is right yeah. we even say that she, she because of the way this tower looked we even talked about this being the birthplace of all of fantasia as well well it's certainly the center of fantasia at least 
this version of Fantasia. Right. But it can't exist without Bastion. Right. It can't exist without imagination from the real world. I kind of like this idea that, you know, thousands of cycles ago, someone came up with the childlike empress. And because she's the first thing that everyone encounters, she exists in every iteration. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like I, I kind of I think it's kind of funny if it's like yeah she's a fluke <laughs> well here's another thing that you missed last week Tierney when we were looking at the star field I know I feel so bad <laughs> when we were looking at the star field outside we were you know contemplating well why are there stars if the nothing is taken over was that yeah that was last week and we came up with the idea that those are other people's fantasias Aww. Like, this is Bastion's Fantasia that was destroyed, but those are other people's, like, Coriander's Fantasia is out there somewhere, and, you know, somebody else's Fantasia is out there, but this one is Bastion's. So this book was mass-produced, is what you're saying. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> and all the different copies are floating or around it's out just, there. however long the book's been around, it's created that many Fantasias because there's been that many readers or something. <laughs> I have a couple things in mind, but what do you guys think of as similar literary works or universes, whatever you want to call it, to this in terms of what it's doing in, in terms of playing with story and things like that? Story as, as, as create, as universe. I mean, there's, there's a couple stories that kind of do something similar. Inception, of course, is one of the big ones. Sure. (laughs) I feel Um, like Narnia has come up a million times on this podcast. Yeah, Narnia as well. (laughs) What what ideas do you have? Uh, two in particular come to me. I'll, I'll take the I'll take the one I think you've probably heard quite a bit um, first. Okay. Um, the Sandman from Neil Gaiman. Okay. Really? Nobody? I yeah, heard the first. <laughs> Nobody's mentioned it before, but that's. Uh... So the Sandman from Neil Gaiman um, basically took place largely in a place called the Dreaming. And it came out about eight years after. The first issue came out about eight years after this movie came out. So a, while, a little while after the book, too, obviously. And a lot of that is in this. Like, I can see Neil Gaiman getting ideas about this from, you know, getting ideas for the Sandman from this movie. Mm-hmm. But the other one that I would have thought would be more obscure is Robert Heinlein. And Robert uh. Heinlein's later science fiction novels, like the stuff that he wrote, I guess, in the 70s, 80s, like after he came down off the acid. Um <laughs> Um, I don't know if that was okay to say. Um, yes, I, I also don't know. Okay. I don't know if Robert Heinlein did acid either. Um, but that's I'm not my problem. I'm gonna guess. <laughs> yeah. Robert Heinlein's like stuff like the cat who walks through walls and the moon is a harsh mistress and the early stuff is really, really good, interesting science fiction. Later on, though, he starts just telling stuff that's derivative of all that and like, and it's like this universe expansion and it comes up and, and it's, and it really, there's one of the books is all about, or a couple of the books towards the end and they really get bad or, about how people are just dreaming the different universes. So if you create the Wizard of Oz, there is a Wizard of Oz universe. If you create a Fantasia, there's a Fantasia universe. You know, dreaming the universe is a big part of, is, is how the universe is created. Right. Um, and I guess, I mean, we're all in an infinite story box. Um, but that's the stuff that I think of when I think that, that, that as I, as I, as I made it to the end of this movie, I was like, oh, this is something I really, and I got really excited when they start getting to the last 10 minutes of this movie when they, mm-hmm. when the world has fallen apart and I realized what's going on. I'm like, oh, I really like this. <laughs> this is my. This may not be my movie exactly, but this is my kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> I love destruction. <laughs> no. I, I, love, I love the mind and story. I know. And I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love that it's that. We, you know what? What we're pulling on and comparing it to. I mean, I, to be fair, I only ever read Stranger in a Strange Land, but. 
the fact that we're comparing and talking about Highland and universe building and all that, and you just think, yeah, but this is a kid's movie. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. One of my favorite things and why I want to do this podcast is because this is a movie that is for kids that is really deep. <laughs> and I really like that it doesn't talk down to anyone. Right. Like, it's just going to get as weird as it's going to get. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So mo- moving a little bit forward in the, in the minute, she's crying and it's heartbreaking as i said yeah and then all of a sudden all heck starts breaking loose in this attic my god and i want to know have they never had bad storms before well not universe (laughs) ending storms no i i like that his response to a tree limb crashing through a window is just to pull the blanket over himself right he's like oh well I'm just gonna cover up a little better. Yeah. I can't. I can't deal with this. <laughs> the fire hazard here is really escalating quickly, though. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, those candles are putting out some flames right next to that book. Do you think the book's fire resistant? Because it's magical in some way. Hmm. I never thought to wonder that. <laughs> I did not. I did not go that deep into it. I was too concerned that we just had open flame in this room. I mean, come on. <laughs> we get another great shot of sideways set where they have turned a set up on its side and things are just crumbling apart and they're filming it like it's not sideways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this is beautiful. Like this set design. I don't I don't exactly know how they did this. I know this is obviously, you know, um this is this part's practical effects. Mm-hmm. Right. To me this is really really beautiful. I I like the mixture of of, you know, of sort of artsy artsiness and the and the space background and the windows of the on the outside the whole thing just really works for me definitely like i'd love to visit this place (laughs) i think we all would (laughs) (laughs) well they're about to break the fourth wall it's like we're there yeah they're breaking the fourth wall and then we get this great line that stacy just quoted a minute ago (laughs) where she does it she says the phrase that launched a thousand gifts and memes do, do you want to quote it for us, Steve, since your wife did such a great job? <laughs> um, I actually want, I would rather do Bastion's line. Okay. So if you want to do one, um, I, will, I will gladly respond with the other. Bastion, why don't you do what you dream? I have to keep my feet on the ground. Call my name. <laughs> Bastion, <laughs> please. <laughs> Save us! <laughs> this is going to be fun to edit. I hope Thomas isn't a method actor and insists on talking like that the entire rest of the podcast. What do oh, you mean? Oh, you should mean? totally have done the whole podcast in that voice. <laughs> My next notes are so <laughs> Oh, I regret this immediately. Um, <laughs> so this is the first time she's addressed Bastion by name, right? Right. Okay, that's what I thought, and I was just like, I'm not going back through all the minutes to check. Yeah, no, she she says he's been watching us. Yeah. He's been here the whole time. And then once she does that face turn towards the camera, that's when she directly calls out Bastion. Yeah. Because apparently Atreyu is dead and gone. Yeah. <laughs> Very upset. Um, yeah, I my response, because I didn't realize... I was going to do the whole scene, which is beautiful. Um, the minute he does the, I have to keep my feet on the ground. I'm like, 
in my mind, Alec Guinness says, that's your father talking. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wonderful. He's swept up in the emotion of the moment, I suppose. (laughs) Now, in answering her, isn't that the opposite of keeping his feet on the ground? Yep. He is also a child, so... Yeah, because he's actively accepting the fact that she's talking to him, so he is not keeping his feet on the ground. And and then we get our little hero shot. Well, no, it's not a hero shot. We had several of those, and this isn't one. Then we get a cheesy flourish of the music as he shouts, he will do any dreams, and he, like, leaps up and throws off his blanket and rushes to the window, and it's just like... And the whole place starts on fire. Well... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> apparently not you know the rain will put it out <laughs> right now wasn't there a ladder or something before he wasn't climbing up on the stuff before was he to no, get up to that I, window i thought he was maybe Did he I wasn't I just, i'm just mis- misremembering yeah i don't i mean i'm sure there's a way you're supposed to get up there but i thought he jumped down on the stuff when he got down before bastion flips the switch and decides that he's gonna save the day. It's a good thing that he can't actually see her face when she's doing this because there is no way he would refuse that call for as long as he did. If he could see this face, this face is so heartbreaking. Sure. You're not a little biased there. (laughs) Uh, I'm positive. I mean, (laughs) look at this face. I mean, that's worse than a a sad puppy. (laughs) Am she I wrong? Defi- these te- she's definitely emoting. I mean, yeah, these tears ripping down her face. That's not fake. Poor thing. I mean, Bastion's yeah. tears look pretty fake, but hers definitely not. Bastion looks a bit like um, Jim Carrey in this scene. <laughs> <laughs> like a very, very, very young Jim Carrey. Oh, <laughs> I'm developing some new headcanon right now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What had it come up? No, I just, I'm. I'm really sorry. I'm distracted because I finally watched the um, Spielberg documentary that HBO had, and they show um, him coaching Drew Barrymore through crying during E.T., and then he's, like, comforting her because they're, like, wiping the tears afterwards, and she's still kind of, like, coming off it. It's like, and he has this face like, oh, God, I made a child cry. (laughs) Good job. And that wasn't the first one you made cry, (laughs) nor the last. But it was, it was pretty interesting to watch him working with these really little kids and, like, kind of coaching them. Like, here's what you're seeing now. Okay. And now this one. <laughs> like, trying to get their reactions. So I, I kind of wonder, because Wolfgang Peterson, like, uh, Tammy Stronach as well, right? He got along well with her and Barrett Oliver, so. I hope so, because she was magnificent. Yeah. So he probably loved this. Like, two child actors just emoting as much as they can <laughs> directly into the camera. <laughs> <laughs> How awkward would that be? Like, just here, stare at this camera, talk to it, and produce these emotions and bring bring everybody that's watching this movie into the room with you. That's a lot but, of pressure. But ignore these at least 50 people that are actually in the room with you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, well, do you guys have any other notes for this minute? Yeah, I'm excited to see what he's been dreaming. No, I think I think that covered all my um my notes for this minute. Good, we got we got yeah. some more minutes this week. Um, John, oh, I almost Whoa. called you Jonathan. Here's Jonathan. There, there will be no Jonathan this week. This see, is, I had him all, all last week. All, all me, all the time. I had him all last week, and now he's just gone. He, I feel like he abandoned Dr. me in some Rad way. Doctor Red, all over again. <laughs> 
Was Jonathan the guest last week? He was the tyranny last week. <laughs> yes, he was my he was my co-host last week. <laughs> oh, that guy is everywhere. He really is. <laughs> I, I would like people to appreciate the restraint I showed when he emailed and was like, you know, anything I should know, anything you want me to do going in. I was like, I could really mess with this guy, but I will respect <laughs> the integrity of our podcast and not <laughs> tell him to do something totally crazy. <laughs> Well, luckily, he's been a listener as well, so you couldn't have got too much over on him. Would have been fun to try, though. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll be able to talk to him again soon. But in the meantime, Steve, what do you got going on lately? What, what do what, I got What do you want to plug? He said yeah, meaningly. <laughs> um, let's see. So, we've, we've wrapped The Princess Bride. Okay. We've done some Die Hard Minute, which has been fun. And uh, I'm looking forward to eventually not having to go to work for a couple days and really working with, with you on on X, on X Minutes. Yes. As you know, I'm a huge X-Men fan, and um, I just think that's going to be a really, really, a really fun, fun time. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Everything's starting to fall into place, and it's, it's bringing back memories of getting this podcast together <laughs> and just the way things fall into place, and pretty soon we'll be recording, and then it's going to be crazy from there on out. But I'm definitely looking forward to that project. <laughs> um, Tierney, why don't you run through our plugs? Ooh, well, our plugs are... No, we're, we're on all the podcast catchers, wherever you found this. We're a part of Growler Media, so if you go to growlermedia.com, you'll find The NeverEnding Minute, as well as Beauty and the Beastly Minute, which is doing the animated Beauty and the Beast. And if you need more, 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 we're on <laughs> Facebook. We have uh, the regular page, uh, and then the Listener Society is called The NeverEnding Minute Ivory Tower. It's a closed group, but that's just to keep spammers out. Just ask to join. We will let you join and talk there. And we're on Twitter at Nev and Min, N-E-V-E-N-D-M-I-N. All right. Have no fear, people. We are coming to the end of the movie, but that does not mean this podcast is going to end. Don't unsubscribe as soon as the last episode hits because we are going to have stuff coming out in the future. We're figuring out a way to get into the sequels and we may even have a couple interviews and stuff lined up. So yeah. we have no intention of keeping our feet on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're going to stay in Fantasia as long as we can. <laughs> so Bastion climbs up into this window and he's ready to do something, not keep his feet on his ground, but let's find out what that consists of. But <laughs> that's, that's another, another story, story. And that shall be told another time. Wow, something is really different. I'm a growler.